my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Welcome to Before Breakfast, a production of iHeartRadio. Good morning. This is Laura. Welcome to the Before Breakfast podcast. Today's tip is about how to deal with colleagues who like to socialize when you have other things you want or need to do. In my years of writing about time management, I've learned that some questions come up more often than others. This is one of the most frequent. So first, let's be clear. Socializing with colleagues is not inherently a waste of time. Unfortunately, this idea is still out there. I've met people who've described themselves as good at time management because they hold themselves off, shut the office door if they have one, and get stuff done. Indeed, one person told me as a time management tip that by refusing all coworker lunch and coffee invitations and keeping all conversations to the bare minimum, he was able to avoid bringing work home. This person suggested I share this strategy so others could benefit from his hard-won knowledge. On some level, I get it. And some people really do like a strict separation. They don't want to leave work with anything hanging over them. And some people have to leave at a certain time in order to, say, make a daycare pickup. Consequently, water cooler chats seem like an easy thing to cut. It's not a direct deliverable. But it's also short-sighted. Humans are social creatures, and people want to work with those they know and trust. Trust is built up through low-stakes, repeated interactions, which is a fancy way of describing those how-was-your-weekend conversations. Getting promoted into management and then succeeding in that role isn't just about being good at your job. It's about having other people want to do their best work for you, which doesn't happen when they don't trust you. And even if you never want to move beyond an individual contributor role, other people have valuable information that they can choose to share or not. They're more likely to warn you off troublesome projects or share the name of someone in accounting who can help with your problem if you've built up a rapport. Of course, some people seem to have no boundaries, and sometimes this question comes in a more sympathetic form. You do your best work in the morning and would like to spend this time focused on individual work. But a colleague wants to stop by to shoot the breeze during this prime window. Or you socialize when you can, but you notice that many of the most social sorts don't have any limits on their time, or worse, seem to enjoy being seen as the person who stays latest, even if these people don't get going on much until noon. You'd like to get home and get on with your life. What's the best way to manage this situation? One of the easiest ways to focus if you work in a flexible environment 
is to do your focused work away from the office. I once interviewed a CEO who carved out time to do his focused work in a Waffle House in the morning. That way, when he showed up at work, he could be in responsive mode and have those conversations in the hallway with people who wanted to chat with him. If you have some ability to work from home, do so one to two days per week and put your focused work on those days. You'll feel much more relaxed about social interactions with colleagues when you know you're ahead of the game. If that's not going to fly, then you can try some other signal that indicates you are not available. Putting on a big headset, as if you're on the phone, can work, even if you're not on the phone. It makes people pause. If someone's just looking for an easy entry into a conversation, they'll go elsewhere. Indeed, if you're managing an office, you might propose that people come up with some sort of not-now signal to make this matter less awkward. Laura Stack, one of my favorite productivity experts, has proposed the idea of a thinking cap, some sort of humorous hat you could put on that indicates now is not a good time. As long as it's not abused, such a signal could generally be respected. There are other approaches. With anyone, if you really can't talk now, it helps to indicate a time when the person knows they can have your full attention. So a simple, hey, can't wait to hear more. I need to get to this right now. Can we get coffee at 11? might deflect the conversation to a more convenient moment. If conversations tend to happen at the end of the day, when you're trying to get out the door, try walking around and proactively checking in with people earlier, like after lunch. You can also recognize that socializing sometimes doesn't mean you have to socialize all the time. Going to lunch with a group occasionally can allow you to catch up on what's going on while avoiding going some other days. And you also might be surprised at how quickly even seemingly chatty sorts can run out of steam. You could try timing it at some point. The difference between interrupting someone and creating an issue and letting the person talk until a reasonable closing point might be a few minutes. And let's be honest here. How much are you really getting done in five minutes? If you're just deleting emails, you might be better off sitting with the conversation, even if it's not terribly convenient, and letting the other person feel heard. I've realized this with one of my kids, actually, who likes to have talks with me late at night. These requests for the talks tend to come right as I've picked up a book. And after dealing with other people during the day, part of me really wants to sit in silence. But I've learned that almost always the talk is done in five minutes. Then my kid is back to his own book, and I can go back to mine. So I just have the chat, and he feels much happier. Within reason, at work, maybe you can do so too. Low cost, big payoff. In the meantime, this is Laura. Thanks for listening. And here's to making the most of our time. Hey, everybody. I'd love to hear from you. You can send me your tips, your questions, or anything else. Just connect with me on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Before Breakfast Pod. That's B-E, the number four, then breakfast, P-O-D. You can also shoot me an email at beforebreakfastpodcast at iheartmedia.com. That before breakfast is spelled out with all the letters. Thanks so much. I look forward to staying in touch. Before Breakfast is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.